we should really kill the market as we know it because it's a bad market uh, and we should just make it into a total new market where we still can lead very fantastic thriving lives without consuming the planet to death. Hi and welcome to Nordic Innovation Forecast, a podcast produced by Nordic Innovation. My name is Nils-Johanna Halvorsen and thank you for listening to this uh, podcast about circularity and sustainability. From 2018 until 2022, Nordic Innovation have been running a program called Nordic Sustainable Business Transformation, a project that aims to lift circular economy and help make business from circular and sustainable strategies. This podcast will shine light on some of the work that has been done and still is being done to shift businesses across the Nordics to a circular way of thinking and doing actual business. In this episode, we are talking to Elin Bergman. I'm the chief operating officer of a Swedish circular economy network called CradleNet. And I'm also one of the co-founders and initiators of the Nordic Circular Hotspot. Hi, I'm Einar Holte. I'm uh, one of the managing partners of Nordic Circular Hotspots. We are having currently having the strategic project lead with my company Natural State, which is working as a development strategist on uh, future sustainable economic development in markets, societies and market solutions. We must use our resources in a different way, a better way. All businesses must be or become circular and sustainable. There is no other way. And to help this transition along, the Nordic Circular Hotspot has been established. We try to, uh, first of all, make sure everybody knows what's going on in the Nordics. So we we have uh, a lot of events where we talk about what's the latest trends, but what needs to be done also in policy and and the business sector. So it's about a a lot about knowledge sharing, I would say. But uh, another thing we try to do is to get a and uh, create an overview of what's going on. Because right now there's so many things going on in the different uh, countries, uh, science projects and so on. And we're doing basically the same thing in Finland, Norway, Denmark, uh, Sweden, and on Iceland. So we're kind of wasting taxpayer money and time instead of learning what have they learned in Finland and how can we build on and implement the things they already learned. Because so, we don't have so many years now to, to change everything to, to really in order to meet the Paris Climate Agreement uh, targets. So uh, we really want to accelerate that transition, make sure we do things faster and more efficiently. And, you know, circular economy is all about efficiencies. Yeah. And leading question follows now, uh, Elin. Why is it not enough to just cut emissions and recycle? Well, in order to meet the Paris climate agreements, uh, we need to really go down to net zero emissions by 2050 at the latest. So uh, in doing so, we need to change basically everything in society. And what the politicians mostly don't know about is the deep connection between circular economy and the climate issue. And it's very much related because uh, if you just uh, look at what we're doing now, try to switch from renewable energy, or I mean from fossil fuel to renewable energy and, uh, you know, fossil free uh, fuel and so on, we can only get so far. Uh, But around 45 to 70 percent of the carbon emissions can be cut if you go into circular systems or can be avoided uh, by doing so. And just to give an example why that is, if you, if you just look at the way we produce and consume things today, we just do it, we have a kind of a take-make-waste society. 
we consume things very fast and everything is made out of uh, fossil materials and uh, fossil energy. But if we move into circular systems, if we just take a, uh, a mobile phone as an example, uh, if you do that phone today, if you design it like they are today, they're made to last maybe a year or two. Or if, you're, if you have a really uh, nice, nice relationship to your phone with your phone, it could be lasting for three to five years maybe. Um, but so it's made to break and you, you're supposed to buy new things. But if you instead move into circular economy and design that mobile phone in a different way to last, uh, we can avoid, you know, digging all these mines, taking the material, melting it down, uh, transporting the components all over the world, uh, make it into a phone that we then throw away after a year or two. But if you make it into a circular uh, mobile phone, you design it to last forever. You can design it so you actually have a phone for a lifetime instead. So you can just imagine how much carbon we can save if we don't have to dig new mines all the time, if we don't have to melt down the components and transport these items to make new phones and then throw them away. We just really take care of, of the resources we have. And that saves the environment. It creates jobs and it's, it's, it saves money. And uh, yeah, it's just good for the climate, basically, as well. How important... Uh is our personal behavior in this uh, i th- i mean my wants my co- consumer needs so to say how important is it that each and every one of us as individuals kind of change our behavior and our wants <laughs> it's crucial and that is also the biggest problem when you talk about complex challenges earlier about the complexity of collaboration cross-country and working in the market with decision takers and and kind of uh, market-oriented value creation, they will have an incentive. They understand that they will be out of business in very few years if they don't start to create their value on circular and sustainable principles because they will not be attractive. Because what we're talking about is a rise of awareness in the consumer, in the market. Remember, the the market is human. It's 8 billion people taking emotional choices on what they want, what they feel that they need, what they like. So the consumer behavior is extremely important. Uh, the market in this, this, this sounds like a death sentence to the market as we know it. Yeah, and we should really kill the market as we know it because it's a bad market uh, and we should just make it into a total new market where we still can lead very fantastic, thriving lives without consuming the planet to death. And we can still make money. And that's the beauty of, of circular economy. It's not about just uh, you know stopping everything. It's about doing more with less. We don't need to, to waste resources, money, and, and the environment and climate uh, and emit climate uh, or carbon emissions, I mean. Uh, but because if you sell a phone that should last forever, you need to make sure that's upgraded. You can have different uh, software solutions and you will have a relationship with the customer forever. And that kind of creates a totally different way of looking at things. We go from consumers where you consume up things, you destroy them basically, to becoming a circulant or a user instead. And that's a totally different way of looking at the market and how to to do business, basically. So let's for a second use Norway as an example, Einar. 
being a part of an organization like Nordic Circular Hotspot in Norway, an oil and gas exporting nation whose almost entire market is built upon fossil fuels. Are you now an enemy of the state? Uh, most likely. Uh, this is uh, You're going straight into the complex dilemmas uh, and uh, the bipolarity of uh, being Norwegian and working with sustainability. Um, we have a history and a legacy, of course, and a, a factual, uh, extremely negative core industry uh, with the climate issue and uh, biofuel uh, industries. Uh, so it's uh, and the whole that is kind of um, a historic fact. So uh, the way we look at it is that we need to uh, really hasten up the awareness and understanding of how we should move away from this. And uh, being a part of the Nordic Circular Hotspot from a Norwegian perspective is one of those ways to accelerate the transition we all need to do. And working with the Nordic Circular Hotspot as a kind of uh, acceleration engine for the sustainable and circular transition, uh, we can uh, contribute with uh, with uh, also the Norwegian standards being ri ri risen. Mm. So uh, when it comes to circularity, and for instance, we have a, a Norwegian Circular Gap Report, which is kind of uh, in, in informing how, how circular our economy is, we come out at... Absolutely, probably worst case in the world. It's like 2.4% circular. So it's 97.6% uh, non-circular value creation in the Nordic economy, Norwegian economy. Mm. Now Sweden is also doing their gap report. So we're looking forward to comparison this spring. Uh, but this is a, how we work, kind of. We, we really, it's really about breaking down the Nordic um, boundaries because um, Norway has these historic facts of where we are and what we have built our richness on. Uh, Sweden has have theirs, um, Denmark has theirs, and uh, Iceland and Finland have, have theirs. But we all have strengths as well, you know, and we can help each other balance out those weaknesses with each other's strengths. And that is the core concept of Nordic Circular Hotspot. It's to build a Nordic uh, market hotspot with high dynamic, high collaboration, uh, based on transparency and trust amongst the nations. And we look away from the borders and the regulatory uh, kind of definitions of na national states. <laughs> so in a way, uh, we're breaking down the states uh, by looking at the value chains and the natural resource flows, looking at the material streams amongst the different industries and sectors and segments. So we really have a neutral market perspective. And we say that we have to have value uh, perspectives of value creation by circular and sustainable principles. And we need to learn faster together so we can accelerate the transition that we all need to take in the Nordics combined. This, uh, Elin, uh, sounds to me like a, it's, it, it is a monumental task, isn't it? Well, yes, I guess. But I, I, would, uh, I don't really see it as that. I see it as something necessary. And uh, I mean, there are so much energy in this issue right now because... Uh, it's very much timely, kind of, because we can see the resource prices going up now after COVID. We had problems with the uh, components for cars, or we had food delivery problems. We had so many problems that we talked about this. This is coming. This is coming. And now with the Ukraine crisis, you can really see that there is a big need to really make sure we are more self-sufficient and not reliable, uh, or don't rely so much about. 
uh, on on you know the security or food of of components and so coming from from unstable political countries uh, like uh, Russia, for instance. So so I think this is something we understand more and more every day now. And I think this is why also it's so good that we already started because now everybody's interested in this. Uh, and we really need to take care of the, the things we already have, the resources we have. And so I think it's more like, yeah, we're on the right track. We understood this already. So we're kind of uh, ahead of the game, so to speak. So I, th- I only see good opportunities here. So I, I don't want to focus all on, on the, the, the problems and the, the monumental challenges ahead, but uh, Einar, do you have any like good examples already of how this can be done? Concrete examples? Uh, there's many, um, but uh, just to very short linger with your question of the monumental task. It is complex and it is seems very monumental, but we are kind of very, very uh, strategically and systemically dividing up all the different value processes of the Nordics into its natural segments. And then you can quite um, quickly add competence, knowledge, awareness, methodology and understanding to each segment and you will change the market segment for segment. And that is the strategical process that we are working with in Nordic Circles. But we take these key elements. So when we look, start looking at this, if we take, for instance, one of the key segments of the Nordics, which is city development and construction, we see now that we have started a massive uh, collaboration in that specific value chain of construction because it's very resource and material oriented. So circular economic principles are very easily uh, adapted into that. So you have uh, a very front-running environment in Denmark. Lendangen Group and the others working with circular construction materials have been kind of in the forefront the last uh, couple of years. Now they have started to collaborate with Norwegian and Swedish uh, uh, stakeholders in in the same uh, structure, and now we are getting kind of knowledge about reuse of any, anything from bricks to to uh, all kinds of materials in the construction uh, structure. And we are now looking at how we can collectively find new languages uh, for how we can uh, unify the construction industry of the Nordics uh, as a very clear example, because we see that we have to import wood, we have to import stone, we have to import bricks, uh, you know, everything flows in, in that industry and, and the participation participators are working Nordic uh, all the way from bricks to furnishing and furniture, right? So it's really one of those signal uh, industries where we are seeing the, a massive amount of increased collaboration in the value chain. Mm. And the same in, within the food sector, how we inspire each other, how we work collectively cross borders to actually create Uh, unique examples in the world on how you collaborate between markets and cross-market stakeholders and segments. Uh, The coffee industry, where I grew up as an economist, is a good example. The Nordic coffee approach has always been leading in direct trade, transparency trade, and now also implementing circular value principles in all value chains, link of the value chains. Uh, So it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see. Steps to steer operations in a more circular direction doesn't have to be complicated. It can all come from a very simple idea. Which brings us to Jens. Yeah, uh, I'm Jens Brusta, CEO and founder of Looping, uh, a company who is 
basically designing, producing, and deliver uh, reuse transport packaging in a circular service model. Started the company in 2017, and uh, we're now established with uh, Looping AS in Norway and in Looping Sweden, and we have our own production company, UAB Looping in Lithuania, who is producing our products. The idea is so simple and brilliant. At some point, you have probably passed a worker's barracks on the back of a trailer down the road, one side being covered with plastic as it is meant to be joined with another module. This plastic, that is what Jens Brusta and Looping have replaced with a reusable cover. I did quite a fast calculation in my head and saw that by eliminating this plastic, Gramrent can eliminate maybe 10 tons of plastic a year. So that's basically what I did. I asked Gramrent, do you want to eliminate your plastic by introducing um, a reusable product. And that sounds like a very easy choice to make for the Ramidents, was it? Uh, well, I feel that uh, their approach, the acceptance of my approach was more commercial than uh, beneficial, kind of. It sounds attractive to eliminate that amount of plastic. Uh, but I pretty soon found out that I need an additional value proposition, like... The waste thing need to be an added value. Um, uh, what was interesting is that the Ramerent, they were pretty engaged. We developed this product together, but when, when it was time to buy the product from me, uh, they said that this product is amazing, but we don't have the internal resources to practice the reuse. And that's basically when my business idea came up, uh, where I said, that's fine. Just uh, rent it from me. You use it and I do everything in between. I uh, wash them, I maintain them, I pack them, I handle all the logistics. You just are the user. And that's when the concept product as a service uh, came to my head. So w would you say that is a change in management, in the mentality of operations in the construction industry that is needed? I feel the whole industry is a bit, I use the word stuck, when it comes to sustainability and circularity. Would you say that? Yeah, it is. Uh, but I'm also experienced that uh, new decision makers is coming up. It's a new culture. So it is a change now. Uh, and I see that there are more and more benefits of trying something new compared to not trying something new. Uh, but our best experience is that inventing a reusable product, it not, it's not necessarily the hardest. It is to facilitate and deliver reuse as a service, which is the necessity here. And within that service, I'm talking about both creating a sustainable, lasting product, uh, but also how to wash, maintain, repair, handle logistics, which actually makes sure that you are ut utilize what's already produced before you produce something new. And even now, when approaching new customers, the proposition needs to contain something more than just the yeah, moral right thing, sustainability. Luckily, circular models often tend to be cost-effective in the long run and also time-saving. And time is, as we know, money. But uh, Jens, are you experiencing any kind of change when it comes to sustainable choices, a circular way of thinking? Definitely. Even I didn't knew that I had a circular business model before I was starting to read about circularity. <laughs> so it was actually Katrine Bart in, uh, who introduced me for, the, for circular economy. 
but what I see now is compared to, yeah, when I was beginning, I had to kind of learn the customer about circularity, future expectations, uh, reuse. But now that's kind of in the top of their head. So they're curious, they're interested to hear about this. Uh, and I also think like the end user is kind of demanding more sustainable, well, solutions and products, which means that the, the producers or the sellers need to adapt to the market request. Um, and that happened fast. That's like, I'm really noticing a change in that. I think in 10 years or even five years from now, I think there is a bigger demand for producing sustainable and everlasting products. Uh, I also think that in order for that to happen, I think maintenance and repair will be appreciated before we start to produce something new. Uh, so I think that we have been an icebreaker in introducing circularity and prove the reusable concept in different sectors. Uh, and our goal is to kind of be the facilitator of enabling reuse, uh, independent of the producer, the customer, the service providers. Didn't you just swear in business language when saying everlasting products? Yeah, and that's quite interesting because we are also a producer. <laughs> we, we are a producer who wants to produce less. That's interesting. But that means we need to also challenge our own business model in order to find ways and models where we can make money on maintaining and repairing. And then build bridges between the maintain and repair part with the production part. Because that's just basically a continuous production including maintenance and repair. Nordic Circular Hotspot is a place for those who want to change and facilitate change. So if someone listening to this thinks, oh, this is something I or my business, my organization needs to be a part of, how does one do that? Yes. Everybody is welcome. And it's kind of easy. You could just uh, log into nordiccirclerhotspot.org and you can find uh, either one of us uh, from uh, the managing partners from, from the country you're in, or you could just contact anybody. And we're just happy to have everyone on board. It's about uh, collaboration for transition, basically. So uh, everybody is welcome. Uh, we have, uh, over the um, last two years, uh, started to concretize how we can work. So we've established um, kind of uh, Nordic Circle Hotspot as a partner-driven organization. Uh, so we are welcoming all businesses and companies and organizations or uh, governmental institutions, whatever, that have a, have, have a wish to work faster. In addition, uh, we have a stakeholder program because we are all stakeholders all you and me as persons and individuals, which is completely free and open, which we formalized into Nordic Circular Arena, which is accessible. You can just register and go in. We have a library of com uh, competence and com uh, uh, knowledge. We have interaction because it's all about creating a uh, critical mass of people that want to look at these perspectives together. So we are over 500 individuals now that's registered into that arena of collaboration. And then in addition, of course, we have uh, the Nordic Circular Summit, which is kind of the public messaging arena where we really want to set the agenda for the coming years every year 
uh, and discuss these topics of change and transition and how we can accelerate uh, what is interesting within a built environment, what is interesting within textile, what is interesting with uh, energy sector, where we are trying to define the broad movement, the change drivers, the new economic languages, the new type of leadership, diversity management, understand this new uh, era. And then we also want to be specific about how that is implemented and what consequences it has for very kind of limited seg segments and sectors. So it gives food for uh, food for thought for those who are actually working with this. Uh, and that is also open to everyone. So altogether now, I think we've had 6,000 uh, participants uh, viewing, seeing, and inter interacting with with the summit. It's a digital, uh, the Nordic Circle Summit is a digital broadcasting arena where you can also interact. We're using a Norwegian startup called My Own Event. So you can register and you can interact and meet people. So it's almost like a digital fair. Because we want to increase interaction and dynamics. We want to, uh, our key goal is to increase um, interactions and dynamics in the Nordic market between each other, increase transactions. You know, if enough people start to do business with circular and sustainable principles in the Nordic market, we will reach tipping points in each value chain that will flip a value chain or a segment from being old school and linear and non-sustainable to new school, new oriented, future oriented, circular and sustainable value creation. That's it for this episode of Nordic Innovation Forecast. My name is Nils Johan Halvorsen. You can find more information on circularity and sustainability on the website nordicinnovation.org or if you want to go directly to the hotspot, you log into nordiccircularhotspot.org. For now, thanks for listening.